Hear now what God gives us through his son, Jesus Christ. He said, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray together and ask the Lord to bless this. Father, it is your will that your gospel is proclaimed. It is your will that we reveal your will through your word, that we speak it, that we teach it, that we proclaim it. So we pray that you would help us to do that. It is your will that I would do so with boldness and clarity and love for Christ. And so I pray that your spirit would be with me, enable me to do that. It is your will that we would have an open ear and a soft heart to receive your word even as we sit under it. And so I pray that you would be with us, that we might truly hear, that we might truly be changed, and that your will might be done. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, when you pray, do you have confidence, confidence that, you, that the Lord will give you what you have asked for? It has been said that this third petition, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, is the key to all of prayer. And when, we, when we pray, when we're really praying, not just uttering words, not reciting things, but by, in faith, praying to God, we are offering up to God our desires, the things that are the desires of our heart. But the key to confidence <clears throat> that we will receive what we've asked for is the will of God. Are we praying in accordance with the will of God? 1 John chapter 5 says this. He says, and this is the confidence that we have toward God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that if he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests we have asked of him. We know we have confidence. So if we must pray in accordance with God's will, if Jesus is here instructing us to pray, your will be done on earth as it in heaven, as it is in heaven, we need to understand what this will is. What do we mean by God's will? Well, Scripture is clear that there are two aspects to what we call God's will. We would say God's decreed will and God's revealed will. So his decreed will, or we could also say his providential will, or his sovereign will, means that whatsoever happens to come about. Whatsoever happens, happens because God decreed it. It is part of his definite plan. He is working out all of his holy will, as we just read in our, uh, affirm- or our thanksgiving, that he does whatsoever he wills. None can stay his hand. There's nothing that takes him by surprise because he has decreed it. It's his definite plan. And yet it is, we would say, his secret, his hidden will. We don't know how he is working out all the things that he's working out. We, um, The Apostle Paul said that even the Lord Jesus Christ, that if the rulers of this world knew what they were doing, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If no one knows the day or the hour that the Son is returning, only the Father. It is his secret and hidden will. The other aspect of God's will is his revealed will, or we might say his will of desire, where God tells us what he is going to do, or he tells us more specifically what he wants us to do. 
This is, these are his commands and his laws. And Moses told the Israelites in the book of Deuteronomy, he said, the secret things belong to our God, but the things that have been revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. And so kids, you might understand these two parts of God's will uh, as if uh, your, your parents came to you and they said, well, I've got a surprise for you. We are going on a road trip, family vacation. It's a surprise road trip, family vacation. Now, you don't know where you are going. You don't know how you're going to get there. You don't know how long you're going to be there. You don't know all the stops along the way. You just know that you're going on a trip and you're coming along for the ride. That is their secret will. They have not revealed it to you. They have a definite plan, but you don't know it. It has not been revealed to you. But what has been revealed to you is how you are to behave along the way. They've told you you must pack everything you need for the trip. They have told you that you're going to participate in everything that is part of this family trip. You must wear sunscreen when you go to the beach. You can't fight with your siblings, and you can't complain if you don't like the things that they've planned. That is their revealed will. They have told you exactly how you must act and behave. And so such is the case with our God. He has he has a definite plan for all history from beginning to end. And we are part of that, but we don't know what exactly he is going to do. He's told us bits and pieces. Sometimes it's not quite clear. He hasn't told us how it's going to happen. We often want to know this secret will of God. I remember as a teenager, I wanted to know, where do I, where, what is God's will for where I go to college? Or what is going to be my future career? Or who am I going to marry? Those things are part of God's secret and hidden will. They're decided, but he doesn't tell us. But he does tell us in his word how we must live and what we must do. And when we come to this third petition, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Jesus is teaching us that we are to pray that God's revealed will is done. His will of desire is done on earth as it is in heaven. God's decreed will occurs without question. It will happen. God's revealed will, not always the case. It is done in heaven. He says, uh, pray that it, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God speaks to the angels and they obey. Psalm 103 says that the angels are God's ministers who do his will. He speaks, they respond, they they obey immediately with joy and gladness as an act of worship to God. There is no question in heaven whether God's will will be obeyed. And actually, God's will is obeyed even on earth through all other creatures besides man. God speaks to the clouds and they rain. He speaks to the ground and it spr sprouts vegetation. He speaks to the he calls to the lightning and they report and they say, here I am. He speaks to the animals and they give birth. All creation obeys God's spoken word. Then when it comes to man, mankind, those that are the pinnacle of God's creation, those who are created in God's image, God speaks to us. He tells us his will. We say, we shrug and we say, eh, I'll think about it. Or, yeah, I'm not sure that that's going to work out. I, th I, think, uh, I think I got something else in mind. Or even in the best of cases, 
Like the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7, he said, I feel this war within my members. I have this desire in my innermost self to do the will of God, and yet I feel this war within my members so that I, what I want to do, I do not do. And what I don't want to do, that's what I do. But this prayer, your will be done, is that God would change that. That God would bring about obedience to his will that it would not just be understood, but done on earth. And, and realize, brothers and sisters, that God's will is essential for us. Doing God's will is a path of blessing. It is, we, we read the portion from Psalm 119 every single week. And what you should pay attention to throughout that is just the, how we, we're taught to adore God's law, how it is a source of blessing and for our good. We don't normally think about God's law in that, that, that regard. We think of it as something that is withholding from us that which is good. But that's not what God's word says. It says that is where true blessing is. Moses told uh, the Israelites in Deuteronomy, he said, and Now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep his commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. For your good. God's will is for our good. But God's word also says that keeping God's will, doing God's will is a necessary fruit of our salvation. It's a necessary fruit of our salvation. James said, he said, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Do not do what I say. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. James said, faith apart from works is dead. Beloved, it is through doing the will of the Lord that we are obedient children, that we, that we, we love, we glorify God. You know, we, we learned a couple weeks ago that we're to, to focus on hallowing God's name, glorifying God's name. This is how we do it, through obedience to his will. But it's also how we demonstrate our love for Christ. If you love me, you will obey my commands. And it's how we spread the aroma of Christ, how we spread the gospel, how we show the work that God has done. And as we just read from 1 John chapter 5, he said, whoever does the will of God abides forever. Those are high stakes. Those are high stakes. Well, beloved, I know you feel that ache, that I feel that, like, just like Paul said, I, I want to do it. I know I need to, but I, I just can't. And beloved, that is, that is a gospel truth, that apart from the work of God's Spirit, apart from the work of Christ by His Spirit, we can do nothing. 
Jesus said that. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But we must. These works are needful for us. It is a path of blessing. And so Jesus teaches us to pray, our Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And beloved, understand this. This is why Jesus Christ came. Jesus Christ came so that we can do the will of God. We, our salvation is by obedience to the will of God. Our salvation is through obedience to the will of God. And our salvation is to obedience to the will of God. It's by obedience to the will of God, but not your obedience. Our salvation is because of Jesus' obedience to the will of God. We just read this from John. Jesus said, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. That's why Jesus came out of obedience to God to do the will of God on earth as it is in heaven. Our salvation depends on his obedience. It is by his obedience. But it's also through our, our obedience that we are saved because we must do the will of God. But we can't of our own power. And, and Jesus knows this is part of God's infinite wisdom that Jesus said, I will send to you my spirit. Do you know that Jesus was obedient to the will of God by the power of the Holy Spirit that dwelled with him, in him? And so Jesus has poured out his spirit of obedience, his spirit of sonship upon you and me. And it's because we have that spirit that we can do the will of God. It is through our obedience to his will. He says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. That is his will. He's revealed it. He says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's his will. He says, repent of your dead works. That is his revealed will. It is only by the power of Jesus dwelling within us that we can do that. Beloved, rejoice. If you, if you have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior, that is because God's Spirit has worked in you to show you your need for Christ and has empowered you to do so because apart from him, you can do nothing. But Jesus also said, he said, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me, remain in me, and walk in me. We were saved by his obedience. We're saved through this obedience in him and we're saved to that obedience to his will. Paul says in Ephesians, he says, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, how does it end? To do good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We walk in him, we remain in him, we do this, and, but we cannot, even now, do them on our own strength. God must do this work in us, which is why Jesus says, pray, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, how, how, if this is so needful for us, how, how do we do it? 
We should ask that question. That's an important question for us. I would say three things. We must desire God's will. We must understand God's will. And we must actually do God's will. It begins with desire. And John told us this passage, in the, in the passage we had for the law passage, it's like we have our own desires. We have the desires of the world, the desires by nature, the desires of the flesh, the, the, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, all these things, those are our natural desires. It takes God working on us to see, to desire something else, to desire God's will, to desire his will to be done. In fact, that's kind of the heart of actually being able to really pray this, this petition. Because prayer is not just uttering words. It's offering up our desires. And can, you, can you really desire, do you really desire that God's will be done? You really desire his will over your own. Because so often, <laughs> evaluate your prayers. I've done a little bit of that myself over this past week. So often our prayers could probably be better characterized as saying, our Father in heaven, let my will be done in heaven so that it will be done on earth. We want, we want to convince God, bend God to our will so that he'll do what we want. But that's not what Jesus is teaching us. He's teaching us that we must be bent to God's will, that we, we must desire it. But secondly, we must know it. We must know what this will is. Well, God has revealed to us his will. But we must understand it. He's, he's revealed his will through his word, but he's also given us his spirit that we might understand it and receive it. And then thirdly, we must actually do it. Notice what he says. He says, your will be done, not your will be understood. Not your will be appreciated or loved, but your will be done, actually done. And so, brothers and sisters, I think we tend to come to this particular petition saying, Father, may your will be done on earth, out there. <laughs> May your will be done in like my spouse and my kids and my coworkers and the rest of the country. Bring your will to bear. But he's saying, start with yourself. Start with us. May your will be done in me. First and foremost. That does I mean, and and we focus on God's will. On his, on his revealed will. It's not to say that we don't pray for his secret will, but there's no confidence. We have no confidence when we pray in accordance with God's secret will, do we? God has not told us specifically how he is going to do things um, in his, according to his secret will. And so that's why we tend to pray, if it is your will. And that's okay. Even our Lord Jesus Christ did that. And Jesus knew why he had come to earth. He came to do the will of the Father. He came to redeem his people. And as he was headed on his way to the cross, he seemed to know where he was headed. And yet, what was his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane? 
Luke recorded it like this. He said, Father, if you are willing, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Mark said it like this. He said, um, Father, all things are possible. And if it be possible, take this cup from me. He knew where he was headed, this, this cup of God's wrath and anguish and suffering and ridicule and torture and death. He said, Father, if there's any other way, all things are possible. But he put it, the request in, in, his, in his open palms and he said, but not my will, but your will be done. And brothers and sisters, that's, that is the pattern for us when we pray in accordance with God, for things that are part of God's secret will. We don't know what God's plan is for how he's going to do things, but we must do so when we pray. We must do so with an air of humility, recognizing that is God's will be done. He, his will will be done. But we have true confidence, brothers and sisters. This is, this is where things get exciting. We have true confidence to pray according to things that are part of God's revealed will. We don't have to, husbands, we don't have to ask, pray to God, our Father, if it is your will, enable me to love my wife as Christ loves the church. Because we know that it is God's will that you love Christ or your wife as Christ loves the church. And ladies, you don't have to pray, Father, if it is your will, uh, help me to have that imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is in your sight is precious. You don't have to pray that because God has revealed that to you. That is his will for you. You can say with confidence, Father, work that, that, that purity and that gentleness and that quiet spirit. Make me beautiful in your sight. And the same thing with the rest of God's revealed will. We don't have to wonder whether it's God's will that we are thankful in all circumstances or generous with our time and money or that we bear witness to Christ in the midst of the world. God has told us that is his will. And he has said, if we pray anything in accordance with his will, he hears us and we will have what we've asked for. So the question, the real question for you and me, brothers and sisters, is, is that our desire? Which is what makes this petition so scary. Because we are saying, Father, do what needs to be done to bring me into conformity to your will. I'm leaving to you, Father, to decide what it will take so that I will do that. Uh, Pastor uh, Kent Hughes put it like this. He said, we are asking God to conquer us, which is why it is so scary. When we pray this prayer, we are asking to do what is necessary to make his will prevail in our lives. And God comes with gracious kind violence to root out all impediments to our obedience. To pray this prayer may terrify us, but it will also deliver us from ourselves. Beloved, does that not change the way that you pray according to God's will? You are giving up to God the, the means so that he will conform you to his son. But that is what it means to be child of the living God, to be conformed to Christ. 
But beloved, realize also that it doesn't stop with prayer. We must pray. Jesus taught us we must ask. But then we must do. We have to understand, we have this mistaken notion. We were talking about this at our session meeting on Thursday. It would be so wonderful, and sometimes we hope that this is the case, that it's like the matrix where we sit down in a chair and we plug something into the back of our brain and when we pray, Father, you know, your will be done, and then we shake a little Pentecostal prayer and then we wake up and we say, I have self-control. And that's not the way that our God works. He has put his spirit within us his spirit of power and love and self-control. And that spirit works when we ask. God does that work, but we must put it into practice. Our faith must be exercised. And that's what we're asking God to do is to give us the opportunities, even the trials, to exercise our faith so that we grow in those areas and that God's will would be done in us. But it begins by praying this prayer. It begins by asking God to give us this desire. We, we, if we're going to pray, really pray, we must desire this. And if you don't desire it, Jesus revealed God's will that we pray your will be done. So that is God's will for you. So ask God, Father, give me this desire to love your will above my own. Give me this desire to do your will as your son did your will. Work in me this desire. Cause me to have this desire. But don't end with the prayer. Now go pray. He calls you to prayer. Go pray. Don't wait until you feel like it because God works the faithfulness as we exercise that faith that he is doing what he said he would then once we have we begin this work of praying we must understand god's will so we should pray god teach me your will teach me your ways paul said we have not ceased to pray for you asking that you may be filled with what the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding that's a biblical prayer you don't understand God's will, ask him to teach you. But then use the means that he gives you. Read God's will. Sit under the preaching of God's word that you might understand his will. Ask for that understanding. You meditate on it. Study it. Gather your brothers and sisters around and do it. You say, oh, but my problem is I don't have enough time. Well, in his will, word, he says that his will is that we make the most of our time because the days are evil. So pray about it. You can't make the best, most of use of your time. Ask God to do his will, to make his will done, and then seek to make the most of your time as, God, as the Spirit works in you. You don't have the wisdom to do so? Well, God says that he gives graciously to all wisdom. To those who, without finding fault, he says, to those who ask. But don't doubt when you ask. Ask for wisdom and then exercise that wisdom. That is the path to godliness. Asking for the power of God, but then realizing that that power is at work within us. For it is God who works in you to will and to work according to his good pleasure. That comes on the heels of him saying, work out your salvation. 
with fear and trembling. And then understanding God's will, reading it, growing in desire, do it. As you encounter one aspect of God's will after another, pray, Father, may I do this, that your will might be done. Work in me. And then trust his path for bringing that to fruition. Exercise your faith. Put it into action. He will put obstacles. He will put trials. He will put opportunities. He will put difficulties. But he will work in you. You will grow that your will, that his will might be done. And yes, of course, brothers and sisters, this is not simply about praying for ourselves. He doesn't say, Jesus doesn't teach us to say, your will be done in me as it is in heaven, but may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes, we must absolutely pray for one another. We must pray for our families and for our brothers and sisters in the church. We must pray for those in our country. We must pray for those throughout the world. My beloved, when we start, when God begins this work in us, we know what to pray for because we are praying, Father, your will be done. We are asking his will to be done. And I guarantee you that along the way, God will also teach you how you must respond in the midst of things not being in accordance with God's will. Because that too is that God's will may be done. And beloved, we, we, can, we are to pray this. This is to be our heart's desire that God's will would be done. We are to see this fruitfulness work in our lives. But just like we saw with thy kingdom come, we know that on this side of glory, until our Lord Jesus Christ comes, we will not perfectly see God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But we will when he comes again. And so just like this, that kingdom that we saw, which is breaking into this world and it is advancing in the midst of this world, we are praying with this prayer that Jesus Christ would come soon, that God's will would be perfectly done on earth as it is in heaven. The day when God's decreed will comes to fruition and his revealed will is obeyed by, yes, every one of us perfectly, forever and ever, for our blessing and joy. Brothers and sisters, until that day, until that day, we have to pray, Father, your will be done. Because whoever does God's will gives glory to our Heavenly Father. And whoever does God's will demonstrates the love of Christ, the the salvation, the work of Christ in us. Whoever does God's will shows the power of the Holy Spirit before a watching world. So whoever does the will of God bears witness to the love of Christ. Whoever does the will of God receives blessing and is a blessing. This is the only way that we can bless one another. And beloved, whoever does the will of God bears much fruit. That is only because it is God who works in us to will and to work according to his pleasure. And he does that when we ask him. 
And so let us ask God, our Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that we might give him glory, that we might bear much fruit, and that we might abide with him forever. Let's pray together. Lord, it is with fear and trembling that we come before you and we thank you that you do work in us that which is pleasing in your sight. Lord, I pray that you would help us to walk by faith, not by sight, to walk by your strength and not in our own might. I pray, Father, that you would teach us to pray and to have the guts to pray this before you, knowing that you are kind and gentle, loving, and powerful. Oh, Lord, would your will be done in us, and may we glorify you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.